Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am your host, Mary Catherine Ham. I'm here with my co-host, Vic Mattis of the Washington Free Beacon. We got a lot going on today. We're going to have Israel conflict update with some uplifting content from the mall yesterday. It was a large gathering at the pro-Israel uh, rally. We've got a, a government deal to, I don't know, keep funding and stuff. They did the thing, Vic. They did the thing in the House. There's fighting on the Hill, and I don't just mean the rhetorical kind, so we'll get into that. And uh, Nikki Haley has some thoughts on your online anonymity, plus the Marvels. We're going to talk about all of that on the show today, but before we do that, how's it going, Vic? Hello, Mary Catherine. Long time no see. Yep. Um, I wanted to talk very briefly before we get into the rest of the news. I wanted to talk about Siberia. Okay, fair. Uh, not Siberia, Russia. Where, like, where the gulags are and where, you know, political prisoners get sent away, but rather Siberia in the restaurants. Okay. okay. Those are the tables that sometimes they send you to that are the least ideal of mm-hmm. the tables. Normally, people tend to equate Siberia as the tables near the bathroom. Right. You know, those, even if, even if there's like, they'll put the half wall to kind of give it some semblance of, mm-hmm. you know, normalcy and civilization keep, over yeah, there. Yeah. And keep the customer's dignity somewhat intact. But then, you know, People are going in and out. They'll yeah. hear the flushing, whatever. I got sent to a Siberia for the second time at this place, and it's not located near the bathroom. This is Ted's Bulletin. Okay. There's several of them in our area. Yes. My daughter loves it there for brunch. Brunch is fine. Brunch is fine. It's fancy. It's very nice looking. Mm-hmm. That's not fancy, but it's it's, it's, it's nicer a, than a diner, right? It's a good place, yeah. It's a good place. It's a good, place. solid brunch place. Although a friend of ours, Dad Helper, you know, is not a fan, and I said, why not? He says- What's the point? Is what he says. But anyway, so I said we're going to go to Ted's Bulletin. Like yeah, I get it. So we're mm-hmm. going there. It was kind of busy. So it's weirdly designed. This is the Ted's Bulletin in Boston. To go to the the hostess station, mm-hmm. you have to cut through some tables, and then it's behind one booth. Then the hostess table, the hostess station is there. Okay. Behind one of the booths, so it's okay. like three or four booths. There's like the main entrance, the door. Mm-hmm. Three or four booths. And then the hostess station. Okay. So we go up there and the hostess just says, well, why don't I just sit you right here directly in front of the hostess station? Dude, that's Siberia. Uh, And I know people like the late Tommy Giacomo would insist that places at the Palm had no Siberia. There was a Siberia there too. mm -hmm. So clearly Siberia, Ted's Bolton. We get there. I'm sitting on the edge of the booth. Then we're getting into brunch time. Right. The line starts to form. Oh, no. Right along the table. And now I'm I'm seated, and some of these people, obviously not some of these people, these people are standing. If I turn to my left, mm-hmm. I'm looking at a butt. You're, you're butt level. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm butt level with these people. And some of them have their, their butt facing the table. No, don't love that. And one was like on the verge of resting on the table, okay? <laughs> and I'm like, and the kids are laughing at me. And, and, and sometimes they, uh, a family has uh, like babies and kids. Mm-hmm. So then they're just staring at you. The little kids are staring at you while you're eating. And that's, I, I pretend to have a conversation with the kids. I'm like, hi, how are you? Oh, and then you're weird. And, it, and then you're weird. Some people recognize the awkwardness of this. And so they would try to like, as if you were still socially distancing like right. during COVID time. Right, you want to give a, a buffer here. A buffer Even here. if there's not really a buffer to get. But other people, I mean, there's like party, a six party, seven. So they're all just piled in now. And I'm just going to say, I, it's, I'm not taking it anymore. I'm not mm-hmm. doing it. I refuse to be sent to Siberia. Yeah. I mean, are you a guy who asks for a different table in general? I've done it. Yeah. But not in general. Okay. In general, I'm pretty good about it. But, you know, that dictates the rest of the experience right I, there. It really does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It really it does. Do, it does. I think so, this is a fair position. And, and you know me. I'm not usually accustomed to that. Oh, I know. You have royal treatment. Uh, on. But, mean, not but not at Ted's Bulletin. But not at Ted's Bulletin. How dare I they? I echo Halper and say, what's the, what's like, the well, point? Yeah, well, yeah. And I was going to say, do you know who I am? <laughs> I usually get Table 98 at Joe's. No, okay. I, I speak yeah. frequently about restaurants <laughs> on podcasts. You know, if you okay? had faces on the wall, I'd be on your wall. <laughs> Mary Catherine, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Things are going well at the household. Good. We've been taking care of various toddler and baby well appointments and all that baby kind of stuff. Baby wellness, yes, baby wellness. Yeah, you got to, you got to, these kids, they got to go to the doctor a lot and not because they're sick even, but just because it's scheduled for that first year. Yes. And I have a lot of children, so I Shots lose track of- You do have a lot what, of children. Which one has been to which appointment 
And at one point, now it does get less important as they get older. At one point, my six or seven year old was like, mom, when's the last time I went to the doctor? And I was like, you know, that's a fair point. It's a little bit past your birthday. Why don't we try to get that well appointment in? So we went in and all they do is measure her and check her out. It's okay, no big deal. It was not urgent. But it's impressive that your child wanted to go. Yeah, well, she, I think she was feeling left out because the babies yeah. were going Hey, so everyone's often. getting an injection. Like, why, why don't I get the shouldn't needle? Shouldn't someone know? check on me? And so yeah. we made sure that that happened. But I do lose track. And then you I, know my favorite line, of course. Uh, I love to hear you say it from Raising Arizona, Francis McDormand. Got to get your dipped head. Honey, honey, you can't you can't go out with without his dipped head. So uh, we're invested in the dipped head yeah. and, and getting that done. As we should be. Yes. So the point being, I have four children. But the funny thing about my pediatrician in this modern day and age, it's all it's got an app and it's got it's very yes. it's a lot, guys. Yes. And you go in and you can check in on the app. Of course, that takes three times longer approximately than checking in at the desk, Going, which is what we used to do. Yes. But the weird thing about the app and the technology and my pediatrician is that seemingly no one knows that I have four children, that they're all related, and I, that I've been coming to this practice for some almost 10 years now. So they just look at you. Like, like they're just like, oh, here's another one. Is this your first? I'm like, no, no. Is it not in my chart? <laughs> that, yes. Like, would I be this sloppy with my first kid? No. Sure, we missed three well appointments, but this is the they fourth. They see so many kids. They just don't. This it's is just the blends. It just blends. And <laughs> I was asked to to produce my insurance card of course. on this yes. occasion. And I said, again, I've been here for almost 10 years. And you have had this insurance information that has not changed for four of them. Yeah. And they're like, well, you know, we just check at least once a year. And I'm like, well, I have four kids and you guys can't line it up, which means for me, you're checking four Every times a year. single time. Yeah, because it'll be the last yes. time for each kid a year. I do. I, I hate to be like a hackneyed comedian, but I do think that maybe technology sometimes is not making our lives better. This kind of thing yeah. that I run into all the time, like when you fill in all your information. Yeah at the urgent care or at the rental car place online and they just and then they repeat make it you again. do it again. I've stopped doing that. I will not do the online They part. ask you, you know, this happens a lot, by the way. I'll do this on the phone. I have to reorder, refill a prescription. And then the automated voice will ask you for, you know, date of birth. Yeah. And then you, and then any number of these questions and then, you know, name, address. And then you get the human, date of birth, name, address. Well, what was the first time? Yeah. Exactly. Where did that exactly. go? Into the ethics. I think I think just so they can sell your info to other people. That's what's happening. My youngest also learned a, tr a trick when we got back from the doctor. We were sitting on the couch together and he was whining. Mm -hmm. And so I gave him a water bottle. And the new trick that he has learned is that he sips from the water bottle and then like a fountain spits it across wow. the room. And unfortunately for me, who should be discouraging this behavior, it was so funny that I couldn't stop him. And in fact, my jeans got soaked because he's sitting next to me and he's just like, every time he takes a sip over and over again. You're, you know, your kids are going to become the kids from Raising Arizona. Remember when they go to the trailer, they're just rolling the, the cereal so, against the wall. Yeah. So my problem solving for this is not, hey, you should stop mm -hmm. doing that, child. My problem solving is, look, if I, if I take the water bottle away, he's going to cry. It's just water. It's just water. And so right. when... Out of somebody's when, mouth. When Steve came down the stairs, I was like, babe, can you throw me another pair of sweatpants? And that is how you motherhood in my house. That's anyway. How, that's how you get it done. <laughs> just get her done. That's my kid. All right. That's my impression of my child. All right. Yes, spinning. Thanks. <laughs> is this your first? No, ma'am. All right. Let's talk about uh, the Israel rally on oh, the yes. mall. How many fights did you get into Mary Catherine, and how many flags did you burn? Well, uh, I got into zero fights, saw zero fights, saw zero people saying they hated America. It was a whole thing. That's it was a whole thing, guys. There were unusual. Now, obviously, there were always conflicting estimates of how many people came. The organizers did actually have specific entryways, so there was a way of counting by the oh, organizers how many they have, yeah. and they claim. They claimed 290,000. It was a lot of people. It was yeah. a lot of people. And I know that folks were coming in from all over the country. Thousands to be there. doesn't do it justice when they say thousands no, 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 show no. up. No, thousands did not do it justice. I walked from 
sixth the the crowd went from right in front of the Capitol. Mm-hmm. I walked from Sixth Street all the way down to the official entrance at Twelfth Street. Okay, and there were people the whole way down. Yeah, so that is a lot. You of- You didn't run into my wife, I, d- I <laughs> or didn't. my father-in-law. <laughs> that is one of those things where yeah. people are like. I'll see you there. Right. It's like you're not nobody's gonna see anyone there. But unless you're on stage. You wouldn't know it by the way from uh the New York Times coverage, which I saw being mentioned. And not a lot of coverage. No, and the Washington Post put it on their local section. It's in the metro section oh. when there's a national gathering like the, of the Jewish people. Like the anti abortion rally, as yeah. I'm sure they'd love to call it. Yep. Yeah, sure. Same. Metro section. Yeah. Anyway, it actually was quite uplifting to be there. I'm not a protest culture girly. I don't I don't yeah. generally mm-hmm go out except sure. to cover things and I was Same. you know well, took I'm some pictures not girly but I mean right. yeah we're journalists we yeah. so I got to cover but look in this case I felt like what I feel like is that often the MO of our certainly our far left protest culture is to make you feel afraid to come out yeah. and protest yes and to make you feel like no you have yeah. to stay in your house I mean explicitly yeah. it was you have to stay in your house during uh, COVID and yeah. we will go out and protest Enraged. and do whatever yeah. we want to do yeah and there are no limits on what we can do, but there's a lot of limits on what you can do. So I think it's important to be out there in big numbers to say, no, you will not keep the Jewish people from speaking. You will right. not keep American people who stand with them from speaking. Yeah. You will not keep Israel supporters from speaking. And indeed, there were tons of people out there, very uplifting, very obviously that's a somber subject matter, but a joyfulness to everyone being together and clearly a lot of gratitude on from those who are of the Jewish yeah. faith that many yeah. came out who stood beside him sure. who are not. Yes. I'll play a little bit from Schumer. Chuck Schumer oh, sure. was oh, standing wow. shoulder to shoulder, by the way, with new, sec- new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. Nancy Pelosi was there. Hakeem Jeffries. Was there. So it's a bipartisan group yeah. at this event. And here's a little bit from Schumer. We are here united, Democrat and Republican, House and Senate. To say we stand with Israel. We stand with Israel. We stand. We stand. We stand. We stand. We stand. USA, 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 we are with Israel. Never again, never again, never again, never again. In fact, the highest ranking Jewish elected official in American history. Israel. We in America have your back. And we will not rest until you get all the assistance you need. We will not rest until you get the assistance you need. And today all of you are here showing we will not hide in the face of adversity in America. And in Israel, I'm Yisroel Chai. 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 The people Israel here in America and in Israel, the Jewish people will live forever. I mean, to be fair. Much more a protest culture girly than I am, Chuck Schumer. You know, he's got the the call yeah, and I'm, response. I'm, 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 ju- I'm just I'm just relieved he was able to get it out because it sounded like a lot of effort for Chuck. <laughs> to, you know, it, uh, he he's been shooming for a long time, as they say. You know, and anytime there's a red light, he he's got, there. He got it but, go there. Uh, yeah, he, he, got he, it he did good. Well, uh, good for him. And uh, big big cheers for Israel. Big cheers for him, who is the uh, he noted he is the highest ranking Jewish oh yeah official in United States history. Not counting Biden, who probably has some story oh, about being raised definitely Jewish, Jewish or something like that. <laughs> That's a good yeah. point. We should not discount that. Um, so huge group out there. Not as much coverage as it would have gotten had it been any other cause, but you know, lo- and also because obviously you're worried about security in these situations. Luckily, nothing happened. Did you? How did you feel in terms of? Not, I mean, 
Did you feel secure, number one? And number two, did you see a lot of security? Per so se? there were a lot of, there was a lot of uniform security, mm-hmm. but not a ton more than a mm-hmm. regular, than other protests I've been to. There were dump trucks posted, oh, parked yeah. at various yeah, yeah. strategic sort spots so that people could obstacles drive something into Good. that area. Yes. There was more of a perimeter, uh-huh. I feel like, than there usually is on mm-hmm. the mall for a protest where it's more of a free-for-all. There were several entry points that yeah. you sort of had to go through, yeah, yeah. at least up towards yeah. the front. And those, I'm sure, are carefully monitors. But I'm not sure what there was that was invisible. Right. But again, felt pretty... The weather was perfect. Everybody was in a good mood. Yeah, it was... Lots of great signs. I did see one very determined Orthodox Jewish woman carrying a sign that said, didn't we say never again? And I liked that one. It's good. I liked that one. No, so anyway, oh, one of the things, one of the sort of Auxiliary stories to the Israel uh, rally story is that uh, hundreds of participants got stuck at Dulles after flying in. Do you know why, Vic? I'm afraid to ask. Because the charter bus company that they hired to pick them up at the airport reportedly had a walkout on purpose because the drivers did not want to pick them up. So not a walkout because of a labor issue, if you no. will, a wages, issue, benefits. The issue apparently was the Jews. That was the issue. Yeah. So there was a, an announcement made on a, a plane That's that had come true. from Detroit to say, yeah. look, this seems yeah. like it was a deliberate act. They're doing some investigating to figure mm-hmm. out what mm-hmm. company this was. Yeah. In the meantime, back to our regularly scheduled cultural programming of suing mom and pop shops into, exist- into non-existence yeah, yeah. because right. they won't make gender reaffirming. Right cakes or something yeah. this one this one probably won't matter so again much. it's always about doing what's easiest for these people right it's easy to go after certain oh it's easy to tell the kid with the backpack don't tread on me you can't bring that in there that's easy that's easy except he stuck up for himself and made it not he so did. easy he did uh, yes the jewish federation of washington confirmed that the speaker at the march told the crowd of nearly uh, two hundred ninety thousand people that some 900 people who flew in on chartered planes were left at the airport when buses that had been organized for them failed to show up and that this was deliberate and malicious. So they stayed at the airport, which is oh, a real bummer. Um, in BBC News, you want to hear this one? This is a good one. I got, I got a clip of this one for you. The BBC had to apologize. You're, you're going to enjoy this one yeah. for this. And now uh, an apology from the BBC. A BBC News, uh, as it covered uh, initial reports that Israeli forces has entered Gaza's main hospital. We said that medical teams and Arab speakers were being targeted. This was incorrect and misquoted a Reuters report. We should have said IDF forces included medical teams and Arabic speakers for this operation. So we apologise for this error, which fell below our usual editorial standards. The correct version of events was broadcast minutes later hmm. so, so what what's happening here is that the idf entering it's a, a slight hospital, discrepancy yeah entering a hospital in yeah. gaza which has been used as a base for yeah. terrorist activity yeah. for hamas activity in violation of international law in entering that hospital they anticipate that they will have to serve the civilians who have been treated in this yeah. way and therefore they brought medical mm-hmm. folks and arabic speakers yeah. so that they could have a sort of a continuity of whatever medical services they can provide. Yes. Very genocide behavior happening here. No, uh, it's it, it's very interesting about what's going on in the hospital. And we know that the IDF, they're in there now. And on CNN, Dana Bash was asking an IDF spokesman saying, she said, well, we still haven't seen evidence yet to prove that, you know, that the Israelis are correct that the Hamas is using the hospital or storing weapons in the hospital. I'm pretty sure they're finding things right now. Well, you know, and I believe U.S. government intel has yeah, also confirmed. They do. They do. They, they want to actually see in well. real time the loading of weapons. If you're not there, yeah. any of this could be planted. It could be planted evidence. By the way, they still don't need proof for the Gaza Health Ministry's numbers. Oh, Those no. are fine. Exact numbers. Those are fine. Every single per- they know exactly how many. You know, the Israeli number keeps on fluctuating. It was 13, 14. It's about 12 right now. But the fact is, they continue to adjust those numbers from uh, an awful, you know, attack that happened a month ago, yes. more than a month ago, and yet immediately, you know, a bomb drops at the hospital, at the Baptist Hospital, and suddenly they, they know they, everything. They can tell you exactly. By the way, I don't know if you saw this as well. There was an Al Jazeera reporter in the hospital talking to 
a Palestinian patient, you know, who's suffering from wounds, an elderly man. And the elderly man says, these resistance fighters hide behind these human shields and I'm sick of it. They can, they can go hide in hell. And as soon as he says that, the reporter turns around and says, meanwhile, anyway, over here. Yeah. And talked about the never, Israeli bombing. Never mind that. Yeah. It's quite something because, you know, if they can go back and erase it, they will. But the fact is it was being done. It was recorded. And go check that out because it's really quite something. All right. So that's that's yeah, Israel. That's Oops. Where we are. The BBC says they corrected that one. I'm sure they'll put it on the metro section next time. All right. So yeah. right, right above Georgetown's lost a holy cross. Yeah. Be next to the box score. Meanwhile, the government will remain open, it seems. Yes. yes. Great news. So the House, under the leader, new leadership of Speaker Mike Johnson of Louisiana, passed something 30, 336 to 95, with 209 Democrats and 127 Republicans voting to support it. 93 Republicans voted against it. This will, I believe, get them past the holidays. That's really the On key. worries about this stuff. It is called a, I'm just going to, of course we call these things the most ridiculous things that nobody can understand. Yeah. A laddered continuing resolution is yes, what this is called. CR. It would fund part of the government, including agriculture, transportation, housing, and urban development, and Veterans Affairs Departments through January 19th, and fund the Defense Department and other remaining parts yeah. of the government through February 2nd. The CR is clean, with no spending cuts or contentious policy provisions that would alienate Democrats. It also does not include a supplemental package covering things like aid for Israel and Ukraine, humanitarian assistance, or border security, leaving those issues for later in the year. Of course, some are saying, isn't this what McCarthy was stood accused of doing? Yes. Yes, that is. Yes. But that was always, unless I, I believe you heard it here, that was always more of a personal issue than personal. an actual ideological issue. So now... It was personal and not, was not business, Sonny. It, it was not. Yeah. So 93, like I said, 93 Republicans voted against it, which I believe yeah. is more than voted against one of the earlier McCarthy attempts at this. So... Isn't that funny? Here we uh, are. Yes, you had more Democrats voting for this than the Republicans. There's no funding in this particular bill, if I'm not mistaken, for Israel right. or Ukraine or I think Taiwan and even the border, perhaps. Yes, that's that's, uh, the, that's the word on it. Yeah, and so Senate, I the can Senate s- is likely to has already signaled yeah. that they're good with this, basically. Right, uh, the Senate's going to need about a hundred votes. They'll need all about. They're going to need a hundred votes to uh, approve fast tracking of the bill. Then it'll get to Biden, and let us just assume then Biden at that point will sign it. The reason why I guess a lot of those Republicans who still say they like Mike Johnson, so nothing personal here again. Yet, mm-hmm. but uh, the reason is for uh, like the Freedom Caucus and, and and a lot of their allies. There weren't any cuts at all. There were not even modest cuts. So this is something that Chip Roy was talking about the Republicans. So that's why he didn't vote for it. And then the Democrats voted for it because because there were no cuts. Right. You know, and, and, and but they're worried. They say they're worried because you know the Repo- you know Mike Johnson, the Republicans, they may try to cut back on spending like in the new year. And and I hope I hope that Mike Johnson doesn't do that. You know, God forbid you want to trim the deficit. No, no, or anything uh, like of that. course not. Uh, you know, look, nobody's excited about it, but it's sort of it takes away the argument that Republicans are totally incapable of governing. I think, interestingly, no, they got it done with the help of Democrats will be the spin. I know. Well, is, you know, and true. pre pre ouster of McCarthy, there was a shot at a CR that yeah. cut. You the original. Yes. But no. But we didn't want to do that one. Matt so. Gates, who, you know, you didn't hear a peep from him this time around. I don't think, even though, as you're pointing out, this is exactly the sort of thing that McCarthy did that led to his ouster. Right. They just don't have the stomach for this right now. Not even Matt Gates yet. Well, and the word is that this laddered approach will maybe help them to do the appropriations bills in the way that people have been talking about that they want to do, except people keep voting against the rules yeah. to get the appropriations bills, yeah. the single yeah. the, uh, standalone appropriations bills to the floor, right. illustrating that perhaps that is not a viable alternative for this caucus. Here's Mike Johnson for what it's worth explaining that this is a new way of doing business. This has been the habit here for 
for decades now, for a long time, as long as I've been in Congress and before, where the Senate jams the House right before the Christmas holiday with a giant bill that's thousands of pages long that very few people have read and spends, you know, last year $1.7 trillion, adding $100 billion in new spending, just sprinkling that on top. That is no way to run a railroad. And so this innovation, this laddered CR that we're doing, prevents that from happening. And I think we'll have bipartisan agreement that that is a better way to do it, to have the actual appropriations process. I began that immediately after I got the gavel, but here we are on the eve of November 17th. Uh, we have a shutdown looming, and we've got to prevent that because that would do even more harm for the economy. Again, I wish him the best, uh, but a lot of these standalone appropriations bills keep getting torpedoed. So we will uh, yes. so, see what happens. Uh, see you in February is what they're saying. And then come February, then, you know, I mean, they have these, again, grander dreams of having this long-term spending or, or, you know, resolution. But the fact is, every time I hear this, I, 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 can't, I can't help but think of writers. I'm wondering if they're politicians or are they writers? Because oftentimes I have writers ask me for extensions all the time. And they, you know what they say? I, no comment. <laughs> if I can just delay, if I can just delay, I promise an even bigger piece, you know, and then. It's and going to be better. Yeah. And the editors, I've gotten, when I was at the Standard, we'd have to ask certain writers. Just send us what you got now. We'll approve that. Just I'm, give us the small. By bit. the way, I'm that writer. Just, just no comment. Uh, many are. No comment. No names. But I'm one of them. No, no names. Like attractive. I'm just, I'm just sitting on 1,500 words. Like I can't send it. I can't yeah. send it. I can't just, send it. Just send. And Vic's like, can you please just send give it? Give us 500. Okay. Right. There's some fights going on Ooh. on Capitol Hill that are not just rhetorical. As mentioned earlier in the show, let's for. I'm going to lead with this one because this oh, one already one. this one already happened. Yes. Hold on, you ready for this? Uh-huh. Representative Tim Burchett, oh yes, of Tennessee, said former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy elbowed him in the back over his vote to oust him from his leadership post. The Tennessee representative was talking to a reporter following a closed door Republican conference meeting when the ousted speaker walked past behind him and hit him in the Ooh. back. The Tennessee Republican, who was one of eight. GOP members who voted to remove McCarthy in October said it was purposeful. I was one of the eight that voted him out, Burchett told reporters Tuesday morning, calling McCarthy a bully. He's mean and he knows it, he added, believing the exchange to be personal. It's not very surprising. It was uncool. A guy throws a rock over the fence when he was a kid and runs home and hides behind his mama's skirt. He's got his security detail around, so he knows nobody's going to do anything to him. What's the security detail? Kevin McCarthy still gets the security I'm, detail? I'm sure he did at the time. He hadn't oh, been right, ousted at the time. Yet. Got it. Maybe okay. he hadn't yes. been ousted you know, yet. Yes, his, his henchmen. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I believe the, the line that stood out to me from Tim Burchett was, uh, quote, a clean shot to the kidneys. Yes, it was a rabbit punch. Right, like, 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 like the spy, you know, and that's a very vulnerable area, but unclear. McCarthy denies it, and there's, on, there's only uh, one way to prove this. What's that? Your analysis. That's how you could tell, you know, if it's discolored, if you know what I'm talking about, then you know right. the kidney. He got hit see, in the kidney. See, now I was just going to say perhaps one of those reporters saw it or recorded no, it. But no, no, no I think I your actual, way is better. Your analysis would look yes. at the collar and say, oh, look. Mm, yeah. uh, Matt Gates, by the way, oh, right. has called for a house ethics investigation into yes, he's this filed. matter. He's, they, they filed yeah. a complaint. They got to they gotta figure this one out. Oh, my dear me. Okay. And but that's there's, just one. That's just one of the fights. But that actually happened, supposedly, allegedly. All right. Now, this one stars Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen. That is quite a first name. It is indeed. That's a real Oklahoma first that's name. One, that's one word, listeners. Mark Wayne. Yes. Now yeah. that's, a, that's a country song first name right there. Mark Wayne. He, in a Senate hearing, was talking to Sean O'Brien, a Teamsters head, mm-hmm. and about a, a tweet that at some point the Teamsters guy had sent. And this is the dialogue that ensued. Like he's self-made. Sir, I wish you was in the truck with me when I was building my plumbing company. Myself and my wife was running the office because I sure remember working pretty hard and long hours. Pretends like he's self-made. What a clown. Fraud. Always has been. Always will be. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me. Any place, any time, cowboy. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. If you want to run your mouth, we can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, hold, stop it. Is that Sorry. your solution? Every pull. 
No, no, sit down. Sit down. Okay. You know, you're a United States senator. Actively. Okay. Sit down, please. All right. Can I respond? Hold it. Hold it. If we can't, no, I have the mic. I'm sorry. This is what he said. You'll have your time. Okay. Can I respond? No, you can't. This is a hearing. I love it. I love Bernie Sanders at his age nope. refereeing this because it is, he's a, you're a, United, you're a United States senator. You know, you want to take it outside, take it out. Don't do it in the committee room. The first thing that came to mind I was, like that that's your line because I feel like that's my line too. They should fight, but they should do it outside. Just take it outside. Not that this, 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 how these hallowed halls. The, the first thing that I was, I thought about two things, Mary Catherine. Mm-hmm. One was Dr. Strangelove. You know, gentlemen, there's no fighting in the war room, you know, and it, it happens right by the buffet table. And the second thing is, and this really did happen, during the first the the George H W Bush administration, and Jim James Baker and Jack Kemp were in the Oval Office with Bush, and they got into a heated fight that got physical, and the two of them went after each other in the Oval Office, and Brent Scowcroft, who was the National Security Advisor, had to wedge himself in between to separate them. And Brent's a tiny man; he was a General Scowcroft is a small old guy. He was small old at the time, and he's like, break it up, break it up, and so. I don't know how far this would have gone if they were, and keep in mind, Mark Wayne Mullen, Senator Mullen, he's a mixed martial arts expert. I'm not surprised. Okay. And he, the other guy's a teamster, which means he's also a, you know, a professional. A proficient. Let's proficient. just say that he's a professional. Yeah. No, so, yeah. so normally my take would be, can y'all please act like grownups? However, however, teamster guy over here has issued a threat. Right. Yeah. And oh. when you when you issue online threats, I do feel like it makes a more polite society if occasionally you run yeah. up against the physical real life consequences yeah. of those online threats. Now, I'm with you. Let's be cordial. Mm-hmm. Let's not do it in the hearing room. Right. But I also have another proposition. OK. Could we fund the government with a pay-per-view of this contest? Oh. Because yeah. I feel like Mark Wayne from Oklahoma in a cage, tough guy, MMA trained apparently, has probably swallowed his share of dip spit in his life. Can't mess with a dude like that. And then you got a guy whose actual Twitter handle is Teamster Sob. Yeah. That man has beaten up a lot of people and has he owned many have, pairs of brass may, knuckles. He may have a neck size larger than mine. That's pretty serious. <laughs> pretty serious and we could watch those guys go several rounds yeah i wonder if mullen was taken aback by his response which was i would love to i mean because he couldn't have been because, was, because you, know, you know you're dealing with a teamster i just think that you teamsters know, and, like this is when my specialty yeah yeah right they they do this when i you know when, when people get called out in these you know committee hearings and confirmation hearings etc about bad social media they usually very carefully gingerly you know, you know, well, you know uh, dial it back and say, well, you know, I just, I just, well, in, in this case, it's like, yep. No. It's going. In a way, they I deserve. I meant every word. In a way, they deserve each other. And yeah. in a way, we deserve to watch the fight. This is all I'm saying. Yeah, that's right. This is all I'm saying. So we'll get that set up. Two men enter, guys. one man leave. Octagon. They should put an octagon in the rotunda. That's it. That's it. Thunderdome. Okay. All right. We got, we got more. Yeah, we do. You know what? There's another way to deal with online incivility. Oh. Mm. Nikki Haley has some thoughts. It's an idea. It's a suggestion. Okay, let me play this for you guys. This is Nikki Haley speaking on Fox News. She's getting a lot of blowback on this idea. You ready? When I get into office, the first thing we have to do, social media accounts, social media companies, they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's, first of all, it's a national security threat. When you do that, all of a sudden people have to stand by what they say and it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots and the Chinese bots. And then you're gonna get some civility when people know their name is next to what they say. Accountability. And they know their pastor and their family member is gonna see it. It's gonna help our kids and it's gonna help our country. Okay. Mary what? Catherine, you were quick to re- respond to this. I'm, I, I'm, I'm just gonna say you f- you first, you, you had an immediate reaction to this. And yeah. I have to say that my immediate reaction was not, I. I I got I got what she was saying and I understand how she feels but please It's a big no for me. It's a big no, right? It's I mean, a big no. There was no there was no hesitation in your mind like oh 
I can understand because, you know, people hide behind their cowardly and they'll say terrible things behind their, no, there, you know. And look, there are times that I disagree with candidates who I generally like. This is mm-hmm. one of them, right? Mm-hmm. DeSantis has made a couple moves that I feel like on free speech sure. grounds are not great, like ordering all of these chapters to close when I think probably right. that's the school's area to enforce that. Yeah. I don't yeah. love the government taking that on. Yeah. But there are smaller quibbles than this one. Yes. This one is... The federal government is going to say that your name has to be associated with your online persona. Mine is, but that is a cost of doing business as a public figure. Yes. And it is a cost because, you know, my family takes some hits and, you know, we have to deal with sort of a higher risk profile for that reason. There are plenty of people who have good reason to be under a pseudonym when they're writing online. Security concerns. And or just like. They have a job that they don't yes. want someone bothering them yeah. over their tweets. And they can have some amazing inside scoop, but they would lose their job if they got outed. So she she repeated it on the Ruthless podcast. She doubled down. Yeah. Here we go. They need to verify every single person on their outlet because, and I want it by name. Because when what about you, Smug? Does he, does he qualify? I, I've provided them with my government. If, if, <laughs> if Smug is on your driver's license, then, and look, you can put Smug in parentheses, but I want everybody's name. No, I, no. Mm, the president's saying, no. I need your driver's license to have a social media account. And you can put your name in parentheses, your nickname in parentheses after your name, and that she needs names. No, I'm a no. Yeah. Do you? Was this spontaneous? I mean, I I don't think, for example, I I don't think on the one hand that, you know, she had a campaign staff coming up with a white paper to develop this idea of how to verify and how to prevent the Russian bots, et cetera. And She's I understand not careless, those concerns. Though. On the other hand, yeah. she and her advisors had to have given this some thought. I agree. Before going out there, right? And she's not shooting from the hip, is she? No, I, I don't think, think she this is. is. A, this is I don't like think a, she is. And yeah. look, now this could be massaged into, well, I would encourage yeah. social media companies yeah, yeah, to yeah. verify. Put your money where your mouth is. And look, some of them do. And that is fine. Yeah. In order to get the blue check, I think you have to prove who you are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Allah Pundit is no longer Allah Pundit. Right. So you, Baseball have, to, crank. you, have, to, you yeah. have to do these things engaging with certain private entities yeah. or when they I, feel it's safe enough to then come i out. don't think that the government should be telling those private entities yeah. that they must verify americans and further this sort of sounds like the verification maybe would run through the government and i don't like that at all first of all none of the social media would work anymore it would all break down actually maybe this is a silver lining now that <laughs> uh do you think they're doing a lot of damage control? Do you think it's strictly social media? You know how we were talking about this the other day, and I get so worked up over all the awful, awful anti-Israel sentiments you see on social media, and then a poll comes out, actually, most Americans are pro-Israel. Right. Uh, are we are we overreacting, or is this a serious deal for her campaign? Honestly, I think a lot of normies look at it and go, yeah, you should be verified, and they stop thinking about it there. Yes. So I, I may be the... I may be weirder, and I think people online, of course, oh, yeah. react more strongly sure. to stuff like this. I will, Ron DeSantis' response to this, and then I'm going to give her a chance to do some of her follow-up. Ron DeSantis says, you know who were anonymous writers back in the day? Alexander Hamilton, John Jay, James Madison, when they wrote the Federalist Papers. They were not national security sure. threats, nor are the many conservative Americans across the country who exercise their constitutional right to voice their opinions without fear of being harassed or canceled by the school they go to or the company they work for. Haley's proposal to a to ban anonymous speech online, similar to what China recently did, is dangerous and unconstitutional. It will be dead on arrival in my administration. So tough words, and I want to give her Publius. I'll give her the last word where she was on Squawk Box talking about this. We need our social media companies to verify everybody so that we can get all of those. So you're not really back. saying that people can't tweet anonymous. I mean that that but, oh, but that's think, bad enough because that, you, you see what it's doing to, to our kids and bullying and everything else. Do I think life would be more civil if we were able to right. do that? Yes. Do, it's the same reason why I think doxing, like, you know, you should stand by what you say. But no, like if you can have anonymous, I don't mind anonymous American people having free speech. Okay. What I don't right. like is anonymous Russians and China and Chinese how, and Iranians having free how speech. How would the conversation... Did she almost say Chinaman? Did she almost say that? I thought I China... Think, mm, I think that's China, unfair. Okay. Okay, okay. To do a, I'll but go I back do, and do the analysis. I think, like, 
anonymous free speech doesn't really exist if you're requiring the verification because you you can't actually always tell the difference between the americans and the bots unless from her point of view right unless the government is able to verify these things Mm -hmm. or order someone to verify these things so where does the anonymity come from i confused i'll tell you what it would be it would my dating profile would take a real hit if i put my name So you don't want to know my point being handle when it comes yeah. to online civility. Give me Mark Wayne's strategy over Nikki's. Mark Wayne. Mark Wayne's strategy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, we we did a teamster. Now let's do some strikes. Oh yeah. Okay. Two strikes are over now. The UAW Yay. staged an unprecedented Yay. strike against the big three Detroit automakers, and they basically won a lot of things. Uh, I'm going to run through some of them. Those contracts will clearly benefit UAW workers. If ratified by members, the new contracts would lock in raises in in wages of at least 25%, and for some temps, as much as 168%. As, can we temps. apply for one of those? Yeah. As well as boost retirement contributions and other benefits. This, of course, will have cascading effects through the car industry, oh. through the rest of the economy. The, the consumers. The average car price right now, having gone skyrocketed since the pandemic and through all these supply chain issues is fifty thousand dollars for a new car right now you also have trouble getting used cars those have dried up as well and so it will have cascading effects obviously costs go up for the companies the ones that are non-union their workers going to be looking over there like hey inflation's killing me so what are what are you guys going to do for me which might then rise raise prices for the non-union shops as well and all of that by the way is to give these folks more money, which I yeah. understand because inflation is a pain. Sure. But once they have the more money and they're spending the more money, do we get more inflation? Yeah. <laughs> this is the bind that the Biden administration has put itself in. So the UAW and the head, what's his name, Fane, mm-hmm. is the riding high right now. And UAW SOB, I think yeah. is his handle. <laughs> oh, really? No, um, I'm just yeah. kidding. It uh, would be great if, if all they, labor all leaders SOB. had SOB, SOB at the end. And, you know, they almost tried flipping Volkswagen and getting them to unionize, and they lost by just a handful of votes. They're now focused on Honda and Subaru. And and Fain had said that, you know, they talk about the big three. He wants it to be the big five or the big six and trying to entice them. The problem, as you mentioned, is none of this gets solved by the CEO having a smaller bonus or taking a pay cut. Right. It comes down to us, the consumer, and wanting to, you know, purchase a car, but now having second thoughts because it's even more ex- more expensive than ever. I have a, I have speaking of which, a Subaru that is up for my lease is expiring in the summer, and already got an email saying yeah. they would like to buy my used car. I bet, I bet they would. They might even take it with the dent <laughs> I from like, the parking. I let go garage. of my old Honda, and I sort of regret it because it was a stick shift 2002 mm-hmm. that i really enjoyed driving i get i gave oh wow. but like i love driving it and that one's gonna survive an emp none of the other cars are no 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 i, I saw war of the worlds <laughs> yeah i, saw, I know, can drive I that sucker the, around the electric cars are doomed now i can't fit all my family so we're gonna yeah. have to cut a few people <laughs> so dark so dark <laughs> all right also uh, did you want to talk about the supreme court or no do we have time for that or no you know what? Let's uh, give the let's give the people an update. That's a that's a good point. I but we want we have two strikes to do. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Let's do the other strike. But you know what? Uh, Hold on. I'm going to give the people a brief SCOTUS update. Yeah. Because you have you have correctly called me out on this, and we'll take it outside after the podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> the Supreme Court has announced that it is going to adopt an ethics code. Sort of in response to what I think is basically unfair criticism. Yeah, beginning with ProPublica and others. That is politically motivated, that only deals with Mm -hmm. conservative uh, justices. Nonetheless, they didn't have anything codified, even though they were following the ethics code of federal courts in general. They were already doing that. But they announced a code of conduct in an attempt to bolster the public's confidence in the court after months of news stories alleging that some of the justices have been skirting ethics regulations. This is CNN reporting. In a brief statement that justices said the code is substantially derived from an existing code of conduct that applies to the lower court, but but has been adapted to the unique institutional setting of the Supreme Court. While the justices reiterate in the code they should maintain and observe high standards of conduct in order to preserve the integrity and independence of the United States, they fail to explain how the code would work and who would enforce it. That's because no one's in charge of SCOTUS, guys. Yeah. Because we have co-equal yeah. branches of government. This would be 
Thank you. Welcome exactly. to my civics class, CNN politics. The judiciary branch. Uh, uh, you know, one of the, one of the worst critics uh, of this, of course, has been uh, the Rhode Island Senator Sheldon Whitehouse. Mm-hmm. And his plan, of course, was to basically subjugate the Supreme Court to Congress, and they get to decide a lot of these rules. And in particular, yeah, easy the, peasy. The, yeah, well, the the right of recusal was going to be determined by lower courts. That's sure. a sure. terrible idea. <laughs> There's so many bad ideas here. It's so, so you know, and much you're never unawareness going, you, of the system. You're never going to placate these people. And in fact, after uh, they, the, the court announced that they had adopted this code of ethics, Sheldon Whitehouse responded, step one is done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Many more things to do. I'm a, I'm a little uncertain about whether you even give this sop to people because yeah. if you are following a code of ethics for Mm-hmm. Courts, right? Then you're you're doing the thing you're supposed to do, right? But I guess they're like, okay, we'll tighten up the the requirements a little bit. Yeah, I mean about having business before the court. If you have people that you're related to, friendly with, taking trips with, whatever. Not that Harlan Crow, but by the way, none of these, these other people, none of these stories have alleged that no, these people are in front of no, the court. No, and yet, but that becomes the narrative. Yeah. So that you know, uh, I I saw a, a bit. Uh, from the comedian Leslie Jones talking about none of this makes a difference until we get rid of the corrupt justices. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Corrupt. How? Why? What? Because they went on a fishing trip with somebody who didn't have business before the court? No, they can't have friends, guys. All right. Back to the other. Sorry. Speaking of of Leslie Jones, let's go to Hollywood. Uh, Where the SAG-AFTRA strike is over. I know you guys were missing. Did we all forget that it was on? A little bit we did. I know you guys were missing the late night shows when they weren't on. All those amazing jokes. Yes. The actor strike is over with the union representing performers last week approving a tentative agreement with Hollywood Studios. Leaders of the Screen Actors Guild and American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, SAG-AFTRA, characterized the deal as a big win with the contract, achieving significant breakthroughs on actors' pay and putting guardrails on the industry's use of generative AI. So there's a minimum compensation increases, uh, 3.5 3.5 or 7% wage increase effective immediately, 3.5 increase on in 2025. Streaming bonuses. Uh-huh. This will be interesting actually. Yeah. Because because they're going to reward streaming success, they are requiring that these companies be more transparent about the numbers yeah. with the streaming. Yeah. So th- I think we'll have more data on mm-hmm. what actual consumption mm-hmm. of entertainment looks like these days. They might they might be careful what they wish for here because Yeah. Stats might be as, might not be as good as no, the well, Netflixes that, of the world are telling us. That that's exactly right for certain shows and then for other shows. I mean, it's interesting, and I think I mentioned this the last time we talked about the strike. The uh, the actor from Breaking Bad and El Camino, Aaron Paul, said that he doesn't collect anything from you know my viewing of Breaking Bad on Netflix. Right. Whereas, does he have a tip jar somewhere I could just hit? It? Just, <laughs> whereas the cast members of like Seinfeld, for example, right. you know their show on re- in syndication on TBS. You know, they make a mint. Oh, I'm sure. No, some of these things I think are very fair concerns. Sure. Uh, Especially the AI stuff. The AI stuff. Which very much concerns me. Uh, I they, think we should have no AI at all. No AI Not, not even the all. movie with with the kid from The Sixth Sense. Get rid of it. Get that movie. Haley Joel is going to be Thank very you. upset Haley with you. Thank you. Thank you. God is- so much for his, uh, yeah. his, his money, yeah. his residuals. Yeah. That's what they call I can, those You things. know what? I can say this. I can say about Haley Joel Osment, with the exception of the one appearance I saw him on, I think he was in the, what is that bachelor party movie? The Hangover, right? Oh, he yeah, has yeah. a cameo in one of the scenes. Oh, yeah. But other than that, I can say about Haley Joel Osment what my in-laws say about Drew Barrymore. Whatever happened to. Okay. <laughs> so they've upped the number of, a minimum number of background actors who are paid. This one was interesting. Relocation bonuses. Performers in series who have to relocate for work will be entitled to a maximum relocation benefit of up to $5,000 a month for six months. A 200% increase on the previous amount. That one to me is like, you're in this highly competitive business and they want you, by the way, the reason you're relocating, I'm sure in most cases is because Georgia is a cheaper place or Romania is a cheaper place to do business than California is. So California has made itself this bed where all these productions are leaving. And if you have to go to Atlanta for six months, to me, that is the cost of being in a highly competitive business and a lot of other people could do the lighting work or could yeah. star yeah. in whatever streaming series you're doing. So I'm interested in that one as a as Yeah, a how perk. does that work? Yeah. Exactly. Like to me that would be yep. that would be the you're an intern and you're like, sure, I'll I'll, I'll I'm gonna go to Atlanta. This is my big break. It'd be kind of exciting. I mean who knew your big break would be in Atlanta, but yeah, I'm just saying. 
or Romania. No, wherever. Yeah, absolutely. Canada. A lot of them is a lot of them. It's Canada for. A I was a little, I was a little surprised by that one. By by the way, if you, if you are watched, for example, the Americans. Remember that that series on yes. FX. And there's scenes in D.C. with a, with a very few exceptions. It was all in Canada. And you're like, this is not an America. This is not a, this is not D.C. at all. There's there's a movie with that stars Russell Crowe and Rachel McAdams, and I can't think of the name of it right mm-hmm. now. In fact, I'm going to look it up while I'm sitting here. Russell Crowe and Rachel McAdams. Yes, it was, and it was set in D.C. State of Play. Oh, State of Play. And Rachel McAdams. It's a very 2009 movie mm-hmm. because Rachel McAdams plays. A mm-hmm. blogger who's found her way into a newsroom, and she's oh. conflicting with the old guard. Oh, you're killing me! And she's me now. investigating interesting this is based and important on Anna Marie things. Cox, who is this? <laughs> State of play. The point being, the it is filmed in D.C., but the yeah. geography is all, oh, wrong, all wrong, and the buildings are all wrong, and it's just fun to be that pedantic yeah. viewer sometimes. Yeah. Yes. And I was watching it. I saw it in a theater. I was watching oh, it you were... at the theater in Georgetown. And that is where the initial opening, uh-huh. like murder scene chase, okay. ends like right in front of the theater. We're like, what? Having? Oh, that's very, wild. Very that's realistic. Wild. It was like watching yeah. a 3D film. Yeah. Anyway, all right, moving on. Oh, I should note on the artificial intelligence point, film and TV producers ha- must obtain consent from actors to create and use their digital replicas, as well as specify okay. how they intend to use that digital likeness. Actors are entitled to compensation at their usual rate for the number of days that would otherwise have been paid to do the work being performed by a digital replica. Wow, that's a good deal. But fair. I think that's, that's fair. Yes. It's fair. Yeah. So fine. So I'm going to get an AI in here and then I'm going to get paid for it to sit here. <laughs> like a, like a fan, an image, a phantom image. They do that's that. Right. Like like Prince like in concert Tupac. or like Tupac. Yeah, that's, that's right. I'm going to be over here and you guys are going to yeah. enjoy that. Okay. You want to talk about the Marvels uh, to close up here? I don't think we have enough time, but go ahead. We do. Go ahead. Sure we do. Tell us what happened. How did it do? This is a great movie. This is a movie that we were. You so this know, is the. I, this this I have to put on my old hat. I have to dust off the yes, old hat from yes. that other podcast. Well, I haven't done it in so long. I just I want to talk. chat about. I don't know how to talk about it. The Marvels is a. Why am I blanking on the name of the brand? The Mar. What do you, what do you mean, Captain Marvel? No, the Avengers. MCU. All these the uh, yeah the Avengers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. No. What. And and Endgame. You know why I'm blanking on it? Because it is Marvel, the Marvel yeah, yeah. universe. Yeah, the Marvel yes. universe. Okay. okay, the Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The MCEU. I confused the myself. Marvel Comic Expanded Universe. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Okay, I know things. All right, the Marvels, which is this. You know, the sub beacon's yelling at us right now. Which is this movie with three empowered female oh, okay. characters right. as the leads, yeah. including Carol something, who's Brie Captain Marvel, Brie yeah, Larson. Yeah, yeah. Couple other chicks. Anyway, a couple other. One chi- of them is that Mary Catherine said that. One of them is uh, Rambo from yes. from the last Marvel thing I yeah, watched. Yeah, not so like, not not Sylvester Stallone, but from she, she from, made yeah. from WandaVision. Yeah, WandaVision. Yeah. Anyway, it didn't do well, Vic. It didn't open yeah. successfully. It wasn't like two hundred, a hundred fifty. No, it was like a hundred. What was it? Like? Forty-seven. Oof. It didn't 40, open well. Forty-seven. No. And what what got me is there's this insane. Thread. And I'm oh no! Everyone's couple, like, if only. Read a couple tweets sure, from it. Sure. A little any, defensive. Any reporting on the Marvel's box office that doesn't mention the fact that its stars were on strike and unable to m- promote it at all is incomplete and irresponsible at best. Yeah, that would Promotional be materials have immense value. That stuff helps build movie-going experiences. Now, that's the first thing that should be included. But there are others. The ongoing right-wing grift hate campaign against its top-billed performer. The new storm of false bullshit surrounding its director. The fact that it's a more diverse film than the first one. The fact that one of the shows it follows underperformed on streaming, except in people of color POC households. Because of general misogyny, Islamophobia, people not taking teenage girls seriously, and getting sent out to die against a legacy Star Wars Kenobi. The fact that this is the first project taking the specific bullet of Parts of the buildup were behind a paywall. I guess he means in movie theaters. It won't be the last thing to experience this for Marvel, for Marvel and Lucasfilm, for Disney overall, or for Hollywood in general. But of course, it has to be the film starring a diverse trio of women directed by a black woman that goes out and deals with this landscape first. Do we buy these arguments? No. I mean, it could just be that the movie's not good. Yes. And it could just be that people are kind of tired of the Marvel Right. Thing. If you're not watching on Disney+, Plus, you know, whether it be uh, Loki or WandaVision 
or Winter Soldier. I have no idea which one. The one with Hawkeye, the other one. I, I, I just I tried watching a couple. WandaVision's I tr- the last one I tried enjoyed. is the tried is the operative word yeah. because they said, oh, I love these movies. I'm willing to give it a chance. And then I'm like, this thing is dragging. The production qualities look bad. I'm not a big fan of that CGI special effects. It's just not doing it for you. And you're trying to, ha- you know, beat me to death with with a message as opposed to a story. There are like seven more tweets in that thread, by the way. I'm sparing wow. you guys. But <laughs> who's the tweeter? Uh, this is Alden Diaz, uh, really who has ACH. Oh, yeah, he runs a Star Wars podcast. Okay, so wow, it's just let's just Occam's Razor here. Yeah, it might not be that good. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to I be mean, the misogyny. That's right. Again, I started to lose interest. It's funny on on TV they were showing a rerun of Marvel Avengers Endgame, which is the last of that series. Right, and it was early on. It's the one where they travel back in time. It's really good. Yeah. It's really many of them are good. Good, and it's funny, and you almost get a little teary-eyed, particularly because everyone loses family members. You know, Jeremy Renner as as Hawkeye, but also Thor, and he sees his mother, and I mean, and Renee Russo plays the mother, and she's amazing. You know, and she still looks great. You know, and <laughs> that was not and, lost. On and me. then from and then from there to this, I'll tell you. For example, I, it's just a bit much for me. It's not for me. People probably who love this, they want to eat it up. Great. I, I mean, there's saw, just not that many of them, apparently. I saw the sequel to Doctor Strange. Did not like it at all. I liked the original Doctor Strange. Neither, I, I like the original Doctor Strange as well. And the sequel, the, the heroine, she comes from another universe or another dimension. And, you know, Marvel or Disney was very excited because she's openly lesbian because okay. she wears the rainbow pin. I'm watching this in an IMAX theater. That pin's the size of a Volkswagen. <laughs> it was huge. And but I just think stuff gets played and, out. And, they and Marvel this, is feeling well, very played out. My favorite scene in that Doctor Strange sequel is where they catch a glimpse of her universe where she was taken from. It's this other dimension, this wonderful dimension. And it's like a, a, a stream and a grove. It's very verdant. And there are these two women. And then she says, oh, those are me madres. And I'm like, okay. just Mar- Marvel has two mommies. Yeah, Marvel has two mommies in this sort of Latinx LGBT Garden of Eden. Anyway, if it's your if it if it's your cup of tea, great. I'm not stopping you from seeing this movie, but don't force all of us to watch this movie and then complain why did it only make forty seven million. Your misogyny has ruined I, it. I know, I get it. it. Has and I'll tell ruined you, it. Can I tell you, Mary Catherine, before we run out of time, an amazing movie that I saw. Sure. What okay, is so it? we're talking about horror movie. I'm talking about an amazing movie, and uh, I, I it's been so long since I've seen a great movie like this. No Hard Feelings, starring Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, I do want to see this. This is such a wonderful sort of send-up or a tribute to 1980s coming-of-age movies, but... Porky-style movie. But but because it's not actual Porky's or the 1980s anymore, a lot of thought put into the ending. Surprisingly sweet, extremely raunchy. So listeners, parents, you're forewarned. Adults be forewarned, not for the kids. But there are some amazing scenes in this movie, jokes aside, of Jennifer Lawrence, that that are basically an indictment of the current generation of kids, particularly a bunch of these kids going to Princeton. So I want to see this movie, and I should actually be more proactive about seeing movies like that in the oh, theater that me. I want to reward with yes. my business. Yes. I should do that. Yes. The Please premise of this it. movie everyone oh, and I'll euphemize jumped, it yeah. is that is that basically some helicopter parents with a kid who's going to college yeah, pay a woman Jennifer Lawrence to deflower yes well so you know it's very funny because she says so you're paying me to date him or to date him and, and, the, and me and Matthew Broderick and the wife they're like oh, definitely date him you know so I mean it's this idea about this is what she has to and do I'm in, for, I love Jennifer Lawrence and I'm oh. she, she's a great comic actress among her many other talents, and I am interested in how this is dealt with. And I, and so I'm, I'm going to go. No watch spoilers. It. No spoilers. Just go and watch and enjoy. <laughs> it's it's thoroughly enjoyable with a very positive message. I'm not kidding. Okay. Empowering. All right. I, I think that's it. Right. I think that's it. We for did now. a lot of stuff. Yes. I have. I have one one quick correction. I mentioned the farms of Athenry and the the side saddle bistro in Middleburg, Virginia. Yes. The Bolins, that, that's the couple's name. I said elderly. I didn't mean to say elderly couple. I meant right. to say an older couple. Older. An that's older what... couple. Apparently their kids are making fun of them now because oh, of no. this. So sorry about that. An older, a slightly older than me. Yes. Slightly older. Just a couple Spry. years. Couple years. Okay, good. 
That wraps up this episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube. You can follow me on Twitter at Victorino Mattis. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter, at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. Please follow the show at Getting Hammered Podcast on YouTube or Instagram. Thanks for getting hammered responsibly. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. Mm-hmm.